storylines, camp battles, and depth chart predictions for the offense and defensive lines. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to today's episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow me, your host, David Harrison, at dharrison82 on Twitter or at dharrison underscore 82 if you're into the new Threads social media app. Credential member of the media staff writer, for BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here with you three days a week, most day, most weeks during the dead period. I will tell you, this dead period for Locks on Bucks has been the most hectic dead period that I can remember in the entire time we have been doing this show. So I greatly appreciate all of you who have been very patient uh, and still coming through for the show when we do drop these episodes. We've got a whole lot of life things happening. That's kind of what this period is used for. Uh, but as soon as training camp comes, kind of hit that uh, more regular rhythm and get back to business as usual. But we are going to be here. We are planning to be here four days this week. James will be back Wednesday, and then he and I will be back Thursday and Friday to wrap up this week to kind of get a little bit of extra content this week compared to recent weeks. So anyway, every dares, we always appreciate you for coming through every single day, every time we drop an episode. On today's episode, we are going to discuss the offensive and defensive lines as we continue our position group previews, position group previews is what he said, uh, before training camp. But before we get to that, I have to tell you that today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So we're going to kick this thing off, offensive line, defensive line, two-in-one episode, and we're going to start off with the offensive line pre-training camp starter. So your starters for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line pre-training camp look like left tackle Tristan Wirfs, left guard Matt Filer, center Ryan Jensen, yay, coming back from the injury, right guard Cody Malk, and right tackle Luke Gedeke. Yes, Luke Gedeke getting the opportunity to, uh, to be the starting right tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And obviously, that's going to be a storyline that we're going to watch. But some other storylines we're going to watch is a completely remade offensive line. Five new starters when you look at this offensive line compared to the starting offensive line this team had in 2022. Yes, you heard me correctly. Ryan Jensen was out. He was not a starter for the season in 2022 because of the injury. Granted, Tristan Wirfs was the right tackle, now a starting left tackle. So you have a new starting left tackle. Luke Gedeke, expect to be your new right tackle. Obviously, new right le- right tackle, new right tackle. He was playing guard. Matt Filer wasn't even with the team. And then your, your rookie right guard, Cody Malk, for right now, uh, not on the team either. And let's say that somebody else comes in and takes over that right guard position. Not going to be your right guard from last season. So, again, five new starters on this offensive line compared to 2022. Obviously, some of these guys have certainly been playing for this team for longer than just the season, but that kind of gives you a little bit of a, of a microscope look at what this Buccaneers offensive line is really going through. Compared to last year, this team is losing 2,434 offensive line snaps during the 2023 offseason. That's how many offensive line snaps they lost. Obviously, Donovan Smith 
was a very big part of that. But over 2,400 offensive line snaps gone from last season to this season, which, look, may not be the worst thing in the world, right? This offensive line wasn't exactly the greatest in the National Football League or the greatest that we've seen a Buccaneers offensive line in. So that's our battle lines or stories number two. Now, our third one is actually going to be a camp battle that we're looking for. Cody Malk versus Nick Leverett for the right guard starting position. Now, I think this is more of a Cody Malk's job to lose more than it is a true traditional battle. We're going to see both guys rotate in. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Cody Malk, basically, it's his job to lose. But if he falters, if he cracks under the pressure, if the pads start clacking and the hits are real and preseason game starts firing off and Cody Malk doesn't look the part, which hope he does, really think he could, uh, I think Nick Leverett will be ready and waiting uh, to step in there and try to show this coaching staff that he can be the guy that they want for their right guard position. So those are the three battles and storylines right off the bat that we're looking for from the offensive line group. Some interesting stats and facts uh, about this group. They're now missing three of the five starters from the Super Bowl team. Now, granted, Alex Kappa, not a starter in the Super Bowl itself, but starter on the Super Bowl team. Ali Marpet obviously has retired. Donovan Smith now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Robert Hainsey expected to be a backup on this team. Played over 1,100 snaps in 2022, drawing just two flags and zero sacks, according to PFF. Now, on one hand, that's a really great backup to have in, in the wings, right? But on the other, does Robert Hainsey divert, deserve a crack at a starting job? Obviously, with Ryan Jensen back, it's not going to be center. Do you move him back out to guard or do you solidify him as that backup center? That is something the Buccaneers may have already made a decision on. But if they haven't, they will certainly make one by the end of training camp. And then you have, of course, Tristan Wirfs moving from the right to the left side. Had the lowest pressure rate in 2022 among tackles with a minimum of 500 pass blocking attempts. So that is what the Buccaneers are moving on from as they move him from right to left. More on that conversation here in just a little bit. Moving over to the defensive line now, the pre-training camp starters. You got Greg Gaines, Kalijah Kansi, and Vita Vea. Uh, Vita Vea, obviously, the man in the middle there. But really... This defensive line, this defensive front has a lot of potential to have a lot of different looks to it. Logan Hall certainly going to be in the mix uh, as well as some other guys. Some camp battles and storylines. 2022 first-round pick Logan Hall, uh, or not first-round pick, but the first pick for the Buccaneers, Logan Hall, projected to be a backup in his second season. Vita Vea, the only Super Bowl starting defensive lineman left on this roster. And then what is going to be the true use of Gaines, Cansey, and Logan Hall along with Vita Vea. That's something that we're going to have to figure out through training camp, through preseason as much as we can, because, you know, coaches don't like to tip their hands too much during the preseason. So some interesting stats and facts. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was 15th against the run in 2022, which generally speaking isn't terrible. It's the top half of the league, right? But they were third in 2021. So that's a huge drop off. Gave up 28 rushing yards per game more uh, in 2022 than they did in 2021, which may not sound like a whole lot, but that's darn near almost a different word, darn near three first downs uh, a game more on the ground. And, of course, those first downs on the ground cost a lot, a lot more in uh, game clock, right? 44, 44, 45 sacks in 2022, ranks fifth all-time in Buccaneers franchise history. And, oh, by the way, four of the top five sack seasons in franchise history come under Todd Bowles. So very interesting stuff there uh, from the defensive front, obviously, not just the defensive line, the linebackers will try to, to revisit some different interesting stats and facts. Uh, but obviously, Todd Bowles knows what he's doing when we get to talking defensive line, when we get to talking pass rush. But is the head coach, is the offensive coordinator, whoever really made the decision, making the right decision? Or are they taking too big a risk when it comes to left tackle? 
Tristan Wirfs this season. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that conversation is going to come to you thanks to our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best quality candidates available, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free, and it's so easy to post a job. Even podcast hosts could do it if we ever became hiring managers. Russ Jackson kind of has a hand in hiring, so maybe he can do it. But once you get your job posted, throw up a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile so you can spread the word that you are hiring. Some simple tools like screening questions will make it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs, number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find quality candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. With today's episode of Locked On Bucks, every day is again. Special thank you to all of you for coming through today, just like you do every other day. And we've got some burning questions for the offensive line and defensive line groups for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before we get to training camp. And we're going to start again on the offense with the question being, how big a risk are the Buccaneers taking by moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle? Now, we get into a whole lot of things, right? Like It's like wiping your butt with your right hand, switching to your left hand. Uh, brushing your teeth with your right hand, switching to your left hand, all these different things, right? But the real question is not going to be answered until we get on the field. So and at the end of the day, I'm going to give you an answer, but the answer I'm going to give you is a huge grain of salt because it's purely speculative. And I'm going to lean on some history. I'm going to lean on some data, of course, because uh, you guys know that's what I like to do every day. But understand this, a person is not a data point. A person is not you know, going to be dictated by history necessarily. So Tristan Wirfs is going to carve out his path as a left tackle. But when you look at the history of Tristan Wirfs, of course, you have to remember the NFL draft. He was one of four offensive tackles that the National Football League was kind of touting as the next great four offensive tackles in the NFL, right? Well, one of those offensive tackles was also Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. And basically the Cleveland Browns, at the time of their selection, we're kind of going back and forth between Wills and Tristan Wirfs. Which one of these guys do we want to move to left tackle? Because their plan was to draft a guy that was largely considered a right tackle prospect in the National Football League, whether that's because that's where they played in college or that's where they projected in the NFL, whatever the situation was. And they were going to move that guy to left tackle. So obviously they end up going with Jedrick Wills. But before the draft actually came, the Athletic did a dive into how concerning it was to potentially move a collegiate right tackle to the left tackle position, focusing in specifically on Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs. And in that article, Joe Thomas was quoted as saying, quote, I would have zero concerns for Wirfs or Wills making the switch, end quote. And that's great. And that should be incredibly encouraging because Joe Thomas literally might be the best offensive tackle to ever play the game uh, in the National Football League. So if he's got zero concerns, Obviously, he's coming from a place of experience, a place of knowledge of the position, all of those things. So that should give you a little bit of confidence, right? It's not a mail it in, seal the envelope, put a stamp on it type of deal, but it should be a line of confidence. Right now, offensive line scouting and development consultant Duke Manyweather said to The Athletic in the same article, quote, can you switch from right to left tackle? Yes, you can. Is it easy? No, it is not. 
especially when you have volume accumulation on one side, end quote. So basically many others uh, point there, the more you do something on the right side, the harder it is to switch to the left side. And that seems pretty reasonable, right? If I tell you to reach forward, you know, well, actually let's, let's go driving, right? If I tell you to drive in America for your entire life and at the age of 50, I send you to England, I think England's where they drive on the left side. One of the countries they drive on the left side. Let's pretend England is. If it's not, you know, if you're from the UK, by all means, let me know. But if I send you to a country where you have to drive now on the left side instead of the right side, that's going to be pretty difficult. And the longer you've been driving on the right side, the it's going to be the more difficult it's likely uh, to be for you, right? That's kind of many weather's point. Now, in three seasons of playing right tackle in the National Football League, Tristan Worse has amassed 3,186 snaps on the right side is that a lot sure is it too many that's the point that's for debate that's something i can't tell you definitively right i can't quantify that yes it is or no it's not but i can tell you that's a lot of snaps i mean 3186 reps of anything is difficult uh to undo you know if you if you brush your teeth the same way for 3000 days it's going to be really hard if i tell you that on that 3000 and first day you need to do it a little bit differently but at the same time, the more you do that different method, the easier that should get, right? And Joe Thomas, again, said in that same article that he expected or anticipated it would take about three months of training to make the change from right tackle to left tackle. So the good news here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a little foresight, right? And Tristan Wirfs had, uh, admitted or revealed, rather, is probably a better phrase, uh, when he reported for the team's offseason program that he was kind of told going into the offseason, hey, this might be something we consider. We might consider moving you to left tackle so really he's been working on transitioning from the right to the left for pretty much the entirety of the offseason so that's a huge head start for a guy like tristan works not just show up to otas and suddenly be told hey we're going to move you to the left no this is something that he's been able to work on since as early as late january uh if you want to look at that so really he's going on about six seven months of training to be a left tackle so if it takes three tristan works has twice that amount of time uh to have worked on it again the better the, the experience, the better the exposure, the better the transition is going to be, right? So getting out there against live action, real hitters, real pads, all that stuff is going to be a little bit different. But the fact of the matter uh, that, that Tristan Wirfs has that run up that he's got already certainly uh, is encouraging. Now, Jedrick Wills, since getting drafted by the Cleveland Browns, moving from right tackle to left tackle in the National Football League, has been the 56th ranked offensive tackle as of 2022 with a 62.9 season grade. Tristan Wirfs on the me in the meantime on the right side has graded out at 83.1 or more in all three years. Now, again, I can't tell you an 83.1 at right tackle means this at left tackle because that's not really how this works. But obviously, Tristan staying at right tackle in the NFL has worked out much better than Jedrick Wills having to move over to left tackle. Take that for what it's worth. At the end of the day, I think this year really is a measuring stick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? We kind of had this conversation throughout the offseason. Are they tanking for Caleb Williams or Drake May, or are they trying to be competitive? The team says they're being competitive. We say it doesn't look like they're being super competitive. Whatever. We go back and forth. I really think it's a measuring stick, right? They've got who they have. They have the cap situation they have, so they wanted to make some moves to bring in the best players available without completely torpedoing the rest of the salary cap future that they have and find out where this team is going to be. And, yes, it's post-Tom Brady. I, I, I it shouldn't be called that way because, you know, what it is, what it is. But that's how everybody's going to label this year is the post-Tom Brady year, right? But that's really kind of what the Buccaneers 
are in, right? They're bringing in every player that they can to, and they can't afford to be competitive. They bring a guy like Baker Mayfield because of his competitive energy, not because he's the highest price free agent out there on the market, right? And let's go out there and do the best we can with what we got. Once that season is over, we'll figure out who we have. We'll figure out, do we have a quarterback? If not, let's go find a different one. Do we have three wide receivers? If not, let's go find some. Do we have a left tackle? If not, let's go find some. But here's the thing. If you know at the end of the season that Tristan Wirfs is not working at left tackle, you can hit the undo button. You can move him over to the right side. Now, is he going to automatically boom, snap right into all pro right tackle uh, play? You know, that's that's another question for another day. But you know that the ability is there, right? So making that change back, while a lot of people will say, oh, you know, you could have been better, you wasted the season, all this other stuff, you're making that you would be, if it doesn't work out, be making the right move for your team. If it does work out, then Yahtzee, you've got your left tackle, and now you just need to figure out the rest. And that left tackle position is a really hard one to solve uh, for a lot of NFL teams. So really, at the end of the day, are they taking too big of a risk? No, because this season is all kind of about just seeing where we are and seeing how we're going to move forward. So if you're going to make a move like this, this is the year to do it, to be quite honest with you. So no, I don't think they're making too big of a move, even though that doesn't guarantee or that doesn't put me in a position to guarantee to you that it's going to necessarily work out so that's our offensive burning question heading into training camp defensive burning question is logan hall already a bust and first of all i'm going to say this bluntly no no he's not and i think one thing you have to do is identify what kind of draft pick can be a bust right like i've heard some people say like a six round pick was a bust he's a six round pick there's no bust in the sixth round right but where's the line for me the line is round two i think third round and later you can't hit bust status. Some people might disagree, and that's perfectly fine. It's completely subjective, so I'm not telling you that is the answer. I'm just telling you that's what I think uh, is the answer. But right now, no, Logan Hall is not a bust. But if you want to know if he's on his way towards it, no, I still say he's not on his way toward it. Doesn't mean he's not in danger of being a bust, right? But let's look at this. Logan Hall is the seventh defensive lineman drafted in 2022, and I say it that way because pro football reference stat head uh, their defensive end sorting or defensive tackle sorting or outside linebacker sorting. It's a little bit winky. So I do all the defensive linemen together. Uh, that's the best way to make sure I encapsulate everybody, right? So Logan Hall, seventh defensive line drafted, defensive lineman drafted in 2022, ranked sixth among rookies in sacks. So one spot better than his draft spot. 21st in tackles, yikes. Fourth in tackles for loss, fourth in quarterback hits, fifth in snaps. So he actually ranked higher than his draft spot, right? in all categories but tackles. Now, that 21st in tackles, that's pretty stinking rough, right? But I went a level deeper, and I stacked Hall against defensive linemen drafted in the second round since 2018 in their rookie year. So this is only among defensive linemen drafted in the second rounds starting from 2018-2023. And among those, Logan Hall was the 16th defensive lineman drafted in the second round since 2018, 7th in sacks in that group, 16th in tackles, 4th in tackles for loss, Sixth in quarterback hits, seventh in snaps, which I think, you know, availability being the most important ability. So, again, outside of tackles, he actually performed above the curve uh, compared to where he was selected. So, you actually got pretty good value for him. So, I think that if you think that Logan Hall is already a bust, like if you boom or already say Logan Hall is a bust, I think really what you're saying is that your expectations for him might have been a little too high because when you look at him and how he performed historically, against NFL players that were brought into the league in similar situations, a similar time in the NFL draft, he actually performed pretty well, if not actually a little bit better than most of the people who came in. Now, of course, he can still become a bust, right? And you'd expect year two to get 
to be a little bit better to avoid getting that bust tag. But with the selection of Kalaja Kansi, with the arrival of Greg Gaines, we're kind of in a loop of saying, like, how much play is Logan Hall really going to get and how much of an opportunity is that going to give him to really be better? Because among second-round defensive linemen in their second years in the Super Bowl era, in order for Logan Hall to maintain his rankings, he would have to get 11 and a half sacks. That's nine sacks more than he had last year. 51 tackles, which is 39 tackles more. 12 tackles for loss, which is a seven tackle for loss gain. 17 quarterback hits, which is an 11 quarterback hit gain. And he might lose snaps. You know, like, again, we don't know the, the full mechanism of this defensive line yet. But if he actually loses a little bit of burn, depending on how these other players perform, he's not going to be able to improve these stats. And so at the end of next year, we may be seeing a little bit of a different tune. But I will tell you that right now, July 10th, as we're recording this, no, I do not think Logan Hall is a quote-unquote draft bust. So we're going to wrap up the show by talking about rankings and how these two units may or may not help your fantasy football chances. That's next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. And we're going to have that conversation thanks to our friends at Bird Dogs who make you look so good with stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They achieved this by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Plus, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And if you want to ask me about it, I'm wearing Bird Dog shorts right now. I spent all weekend in Bird Dog joggers and or shorts because I took my son, son and his best friend up to New York for the weekend and back, which is why this episode is actually a little bit late. So believe me, I'm wearing them. And, oh, by the way, I've got my Tumblr, my Bird Dog logoed Tumblr here, Yeti style Tumblr, which you can get by going to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Place any order and you will get that free Yeti style Tumblr. Again, that's locked. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. Wrapping up today's episode, talking about rankings and fantasy implications, if there are any, for the offensive line and defensive line for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And starting off again with the offensive line, we're going to look at PFF Pro Football Focus has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line graded or ranked number 14 in the National Football League. It was actually surprisingly high to me. Honestly, I really expected uh, PFF to be a little bit lower um, on this group, but I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, now that is down five from their end of season rankings. And PFF did write, quote, the Bucs are taking a gamble that arguably the best right tackle in football will transfer that play to the left side where he played in college. Worse is easy, early enough into his career that he should be fine, but it's certainly a risk, end quote. And that's kind of what we just talked about, right? The amount of snaps that Tristan has taken on the right side and what that means kind of moving over uh, to the left side. And it seems like PFF and I pretty much agree that, you know, it's, it's an okay risk to take given the situation uh, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in. Now, PFF already did an individual offensive tackle ranking top 32 and they have Tristan Wirfs ranked as the number seven offensive tackle uh, in the National Football League entering this year. Now, none of the Buccaneers guards ranked in the top 32 of PFF's guard ranking, but Ryan Jensen, uh, your center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is ranked as the number 10 overall center with PFF saying, quote, Jensen played just one game in 2022 and it was pretty rough, but that was likely to be expected given that he had missed all of the regular season due to a serious knee injury from 2019 to 21. His 79.6 PFF run blocking grade ranked fifth at the position. And even if his best days are behind him, his ability to set the tone in the run game still makes him a top 10 center as things stand. And I think that's a good that's a good placement 
for Ryan Jensen because there is a road ahead uh, of recovery. And typically when people have serious knee injuries like Ryan Jensen suffered, we talked about this with Chris Godwin, they usually say the second year back is really when they feel completely back. This would be Ryan Jensen's first year back. I know he played uh, at the end of last year, but still, this would be his first year uh, truly coming back from that knee injury. Flipping over the defensive line, PFF has the Buccaneers defensive line ranked number 25 out of 32, saying, quote, the top two players on the Bucs defensive line, interior defender, defender Vita Vea and edge defender Shaquille Barrett are both coming off the lowest graded season of their careers and both struggle with injuries throughout the campaign. As a result, the Bucs desperately need Joe Tryon Shoinka and Logan Hall to step up as both have failed to make an impression so far in their young careers, end quote. Now, again, with Logan Hall, I said, I think it's a little bit too early to start throwing around bus labels and all this stuff. And PFF didn't say bus, but, you know, to say that he hasn't made an impression. Again, look at his performance compared uh, to guys drafted in his similar position. Uh, he's he's actually right on the curve, if not a little bit ahead of it, except for tackles. Tackles is really where he really needs to pick it up. I'm not saying that Logan Hall should be left alone or should be celebrating or anything like that. I'm just saying I think that the the, the level uh, that we, and I, and I say that here for Lockdown Bucks too, maybe the level that we have talked about, his lack of impact uh, could be a little overblown so early in his career. Joe Tryon Chuenka is an outside linebacker, so we will talk about him in our next position group preview uh, coming up next Monday. Now, Vita Vea individually is a defensive tackle. ESPN uh, listed their top 10 defensive tackles. They listed Vita Vea as an honorable mention, which, you know, uh, sure, if, if you're talking about his lowest graded season uh, in the NFL, maybe that's warranted. But again, looking at what he had around him, look at what he was trying to pick up, and the fact that he still led his team in sacks, I think it's pretty uh, impressive. ESPN wrote, quote, Vea had 31 tackles and six and a half sacks. He's a great player, but he's a nose tackle, so he can disappear a bit. It's hard to affect the run and pass every down, which makes him hard to put above some of the others, but he's a great disruptor, end quote. And I think that a lot of times defensive tackles are really kind of measured on how the guys around them play. The better the guys around them play, the more credit they get for kind of eating up blocks and taking up space. The lesser they play, you kind of say, okay, well, maybe they're not supremely impactful. So hopefully with Shaquille Barrett healthy again, Joe Tryon, Schwenka taking another step maybe. Uh, Kalaj Kansi, Greg Gaines, Joe Tryon, uh, Logan Hall, hopefully they can pick it up a little bit and Vita Vea will get a little bit more credit. On USA Today's list of top defensive tackles, Vita Vea ranked number 11. Now, flipping to fantasy football, you're not going to draft offensive linemen, right? And you're certainly not going to draft defensive linemen, but you want to keep an eye, obviously, on the offensive line during the preseason uh, to kind of see how in sync they are, see how their feet are moving in unison. Are they stepping on each other? Are they tripping over each other? Uh, because their performance will certainly impact the quarterback, the running back, even the wide receivers, and the tight end. So if you see an offensive line that's playing in unison, playing really well, communicating, happy with each other, then maybe that elevates your favorite Buccaneers a little bit up your draft boards. If they're clumsy, klutzy, falling all over each other, yelling at each other, maybe drops them down uh, a little bit. In IDP leagues, individual defensive player leagues, uh, the 10th best defensive end in the NFL, according to uh, Fantasy Pros ranking in fantasy football, is number 162 on their IDP rankings. The number 10 defensive end is number 162 on their entire IDP rankings. So unless you have 162 teams, you should not even be considering ranking a defensive lineman for your fantasy roster, individual defensive player. Now, for as a whole, we will talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense as a whole when we do a full-blown fantasy preview later on this preseason. 
But for now, that's going to wrap up this offensive line, defensive line preview episode coming up Wednesday. Like I said, James will be back. So make sure you come back for that. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, drop them down in the YouTube comments. Email them locked on bucks podcast at gmail.com or hit either of us up on Twitter. I'm at dharrison82. James is at jarco underscore bucks. And of course, the show is at locked on bucks. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, fire the cannons. And I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 